0: Welcome to the TPA Podcast, a series of interviews with the Preston Associates Partnership of Executive Coaches. We will take a look at the trends driving business and leadership and offer insight and analysis on how you can become a better leader. I am your host, Tom Ritchie. New research conducted by McKinsey suggests that the adverse effects of the COVID-19 pandemic have affected women more than men. Their Women in the Workplace 2021 report found that one in three mothers have considered leaving their role or reducing their responsibilities at work due to the difficulty in balancing their professional and personal lives. Companies are at serious risk of losing their female leaders at a time where typically feminine traits will be required. Research by the University of Liverpool has found that female leaders are more likely to identify risk, promote clear and precise communications and build better working relationships thanks to a greater ability to empathise. Today, I'm joined by TPA Coaches Jill Watt and David Scotland to discuss the pressures affecting female leaders in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, the traits of female leadership and why these skills may be sought after in the future of work. Hi Jill. Hi David. Um, Jill, I'll come to you first with this one. I thought we could start just by asking about some of the common experiences or difficulties you've noticed in your female coachees over the past 12 to 15 months.
1: Yeah. So, Tom, I think for me, there's three uh, kind of key themes I would say I've noticed. I think firstly, there's the um, breadth now of what females are being asked to deliver, not only in the workplace, but in the home. So uh, as as a working mother, I know only too well the challenges of homeschooling, looking after the household, balancing work. And I think that comes with uh, the challenge of how do you focus? So kind of multi uh, areas you've got to think through during the day. And and sometimes a feeling of what am I achieving? What am I delivering on? And where's the right focus at the right time of the day? Um, And I think linked to that is sometimes uh, that can come with uh, a feeling of being overwhelmed and actually having to find the time to step back and really focus on what is it I need to put my efforts into today. And sometimes we have to make some tough sacrifices, but then that can be sacrificing some of the home um, tasks we've been um, uh, delivering against homeschooling and the children, or some of the work commitments we've got. But I see that real need for people taking choices. And that's not just, um, I suppose, in females, but I see that as the primary parent. So whoever's been the primary parent in the last 12 to 18 months, I think that's some of the challenges they faced. I think secondly, um, one of visibility. Visibility, particularly in female leadership can be slightly more challenging for us because of some of the ways we think. And I think the ways of working in the last 12 months over Zoom and in a a non-face to face environment As female leaders, we have to think even more about how am I being visible and what am I being visible for uh, and make sure that is effective uh, and make sure we're still thinking about our career progression, who we need to be networking with and how we're networking. And I think that links me to my third observation. I think in the last 12 months, I've seen a real mix of people who have found the time to take time out and actually use their commute time and use their, what would have been um, spare time or travel time to benefit their health, to take time out to go to the gym, to take thinking space. And I've seen the revert, the opposite. I've seen women who certainly for the last 12 months have, um, have not had that space, have not been able to look after themselves, to think about their health, their mind, their body, And I think that comes with some challenges, particularly in females, around confidence and and how we're showing up and how that impacts on our performance.
2: I think I'd echo uh, a lot of what Jill said in terms of things women have said to me. And I'd hasten to add, these are things that I've seen in people I've been working with coaching rather than my my views. I'd be on thin ice here otherwise. Games the men play, this one crops up quite a lot. I think women become intensely frustrated often by the ego games um, and the war story type games that men play, particularly at meetings and particularly the higher profile the meeting gets. Once you get to PLC level or executive level, an awful lot of, you know, fluff is added that has nothing to do really with what the corporation is trying to get done. I think one of the big ones, and this may be just the women leaders I've been lucky enough to work with, is um, feeling an absolute need to supply the answers to every problem, rather than actually approach the person who's often accountable for that issue. There's this, I think it may be to prove oneself, I'm not absolutely sure, but certainly I've often found myself saying, "Is this?" are all these things really your job? <clears throat> and, and the women often say, well, they aren't, but I've got used to picking it up when it's not being done fast enough or, or well enough. i then add, and I think this just follows on a bit from what Jill was saying, energy sappers. Women have a very close relationship with how they feel about their energy. We could all learn a lot from this. And I think women often are over-tolerant of the people and things that actually just drain them of energy, uh, which don't necessarily need to be present in their working lives. Nearly finally, I'd say balancing logic with values in making decisions. Um, This again has cropped up quite often. The logic in me would be saying as I'm listening to them, but this is surely this, and yet it would affect these people. Somebody would be hurt. It might close something down that has a lot of lives associated with it, et cetera. And then there's the one which Jill did cover and which has been talked about a great deal at the moment which is general imposter syndrome. Am I good enough? Yeah. How, how the hell did I get here? Uh, yeah, the, the, these are the ones that come out I think most, most commonly.
0: You've touched on quite a a wide range of um, issues that a lot of female leaders are facing at the moment, and some of those have been exacerbated by the pandemic, but would you say that these are problems that you've typically seen in your male coaches as well?
2: Broadly speaking, the ones Jill and I were covering, in my opinion, tend to be more experienced by women. Imposter goes right across the board, young and old, men and women, everybody, I think I think that one's a very broad one. I think one of the key ones that I'd say is a good thing, uh, it's not exactly your question, but I'll, I'll slot it in here anyway whilst I've got the mic, and that's men frequently take more effort from a coach to have it for them to understand that the progress forward lies with them. I find generally speaking women are very good at realizing okay so this is me it, it's it's not the rest of the board it's, you know I can make the difference the difference here um yeah e- ego would be one of the big ones I think that uh, it, again it's not your question but I think men don't realize how much they're putting into stuff that's about them and not about what actually we've all gathered to do
1: and i think just picking up on that tom i think that's another area where to my point earlier about women actually finding the time and space to step back and think about themselves i think that's where that dynamic does come out and i have seen it more in the last 12 months is women will be less likely to sit back and think what about me how am i progressing how am i performing yeah. how am i moving forwards in my career and i think that is something female leaders really need support to help them step back and help them think through. What about me?
0: It's quite interesting that you touched up on uh, ego there because a lot has been made of the fact that countries that have handled the pandemic well... Uh, for example, Jacinda Ardern's leadership in New Zealand. You know, these countries have been led by women and you could look across the countries that haven't done that well in addressing the pandemic. And you could say that a lot of them are driven by quite masculine leaders with quite large egos. So what are some of the traits typically associated with female feminine leaders that have made them so suited to dealing with crisis and then also leading through this, hopefully, the next few years of recovery?
1: So I think um, it, it, it probably picks up with, um, I suppose, what are the traits um, that we're seeing in leadership across org- organizations as well? And what are the future um, traits that organizations are looking for? And there's certainly the trend um, that more feminine traits in an organization provides more balance and provides more breadth um, in in the construct of how organizations are taking decisions. And I think some of the, you know, classic feminine traits of uh, nurturing, patient, empathetic, um, you know, emotional, but honest, articulate, dependable, um, if they're balanced, um, like, you know, with what I've seen as some of the more male or masculine traits of analytical, logical, um, competitive, bottom line orientated. I think these feminine traits bring out this more balance around empathy, about broader thinking, about more inclusive thinking, about not just focusing on the end goal, but what's in the periphery around the end goal. And I'm guessing in in those examples you just said earlier, where it's been um, under the leadership of um, a female and therefore feminine traits, it's bringing in that more collective and that collaborative thinking and bringing more breadth into the decision making that's going on beyond that that more linear thinking around straight to the outcome.
2: Yeah, I mean I think it's a great question. Again, we, we need to be a bit care- careful here about uh, overgeneralization. I, I think I think typically women would say and do say, if you listen and and read what women say, They often have to employ a lot more male characteristics to get to lead a country. I think few men employ a lot more female characteristics to get to the top. And there may be learnings there because we all have those female characteristics. I think it's wonderful to hear um, Mrs. Merkel say, sorry. I mean, you kind of go, did she just say that because we're so unaccustomed to that and it it touches you whether or not she's right to apologize for this in terms of it it being you know she, she hasn't managed recent stuff that well in terms of the pandemic but it was amazing to hear her and to hear the wonderful Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand talking to and about children which is part of pretty much all of our lives. We either are children, uh, we've got them or we know them, and it was exactly the right time to do it. And my heart and I think many others warmed to her. And I often quote Golda Meir, who's long since gone from leading her state, when she said in frustration, apparently, at the end of a meeting, the problem is nothing happens until somebody does something. So I, I think I'd echo another thing that Jill said, which is focus on what actually has to happen rather than what this may be doing to your CV. Uh, and and, and I, I, I think, I must say, it does appear at the moment when you look at some of the excesses of male leaders around the world, in Latin America, for example, in, in Africa, and maybe in the UK, you do think to yourself, would women behave like this? Sometimes they have in the past, in, in fairness. But overall, I think we've got a lot to learn there.
0: You've mentioned a couple of times to avoid making these kind of sweeping generalizations that these skills can be broadly associated maybe as more typically masculine or more typically feminine. But are these feminine skills innate or can they be taught or conditioned? David, I'll I'll come to you on that.
2: I remember rankling a lot when I first heard the university saying gender is a social construct, but it clearly is. So I think anyone can do anything, to be honest. Um, There are DNA issues that are. Are being managed actually nowadays but the dna issues do tend to to triumph but i think all coaches of any real experience would tell you if a person feels they're going somewhere they don't want to end up but much more importantly would really love to get somewhere they're not currently headed you can you can change almost anything Uh, i mean i'm pretty sure i couldn't paint or type with my toes but I'm absolutely astonished at what people do when they feel they have to and when they're motivated to communicate. So I, 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 I don't think we should get into the innate thing at all.
1: No, I, I, I think absolutely. And I think to, to David's point, it's, it's not getting into stereotyping. It's about, you know, what are your authentic traits? So, um, you know, a male uh, could have more masculine traits and vice versa. I think it's about understanding who you are what are your authentic traits how do they come out through your beliefs your values your strengths and then for me it's about how do you flex how do you dial up and down what's appropriate while still being authentic for the performance that you're trying to achieve so is that you know um, I need to be rational I need to be logical I need to be bottom line orientated or do I need to balance that with empathy collaboration um, and, and, and balance them together. But it's always about thinking about what's the situation I'm in now, what's the conversation I'm having and what's the performance we're trying to deliver and what's the best behavior that I need to bring to this conversation. So it, it is, it is, um, you know, that people will have a natural tendency for one of the two areas of traits, but it doesn't mean to say that's us that's rigid in those traits. It means we can flex. And definitely over time, people can move more to a
0: balance. And just to wrap up and talk about some of those behaviours and, and kind of learning those behaviours in a bit more detail, um, Jill, I'll come to you with this. How can coaching help female leaders and indeed all leaders navigate these common issues that we've discussed on today's podcast?
1: I think firstly, it's about self-awareness. It's about understanding who you are and how you show up and, and what your brand is. Uh, I think it's then about understanding your gaps. So maybe what are... The, what are some of the traits that you overplay uh, that you need to be aware of? What are some of the traits that you could bring out stronger? And then I think it's about wanting to make a change, wanting to um, bring a benefit to changing, dif- uh, behaving differently or seeing a disadvantage of not changing behavior. Um, and then my only tip there, Tom, would be the easiest way is to remind yourself what's the behavior you want to change uh, and constantly, Keep that reminder every day so repetitively uh, behaving in a different way eventually that becomes an unconscious behavior but we need those reminders
2: there's there's no question uh, h- huge uh, we, we humans can manage a quite extraordinary change if we feel seriously motivated um, about the outcome about at the end this thing is worthwhile and this raises an issue i think that The glass ceiling for women, you know, somebody said when you find something really important to do, there is no balance. And I think part of the problem here is that business today just, it, it takes no prisoners. And we've got to the point where it kind of has to be like that. All the easy stuff was done by people in my generation and before. And it therefore takes an incredible amount of focus and time. And I think an awful lot of women, are simply saying, at the end of the day, this probably isn't worth it to me. There are other callings I find to be more important. Overall, can coaching help with the issues which women typically meet and find in business? Of course it can.
0: Jill, David, thank you so much for your time today. Thank
2: you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the TPA Podcast, available to download on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast and SoundCloud. We look forward to bringing you another episode very soon.